0: Yay, why don't you clap for somebody who made it to church today? Yeah. Hey, welcome to Center Point. If you are new with us, my name is John, I'm lead pastor here and I'm glad you're our guest. And if you are new with us, as in it's your first time, today is a special weekend and you're gonna see Center Point Church at our best giving in radical kingdom generosity in a way that will provide for something that will outlast us and proceed for generations. And it's the end of all for the one. And it's, the, it's really the the finish line of what we've been talking about for the last month and a half and in, in, in more ways than that for the last six months. But uh, this is an initiative that we've been carrying out because we believe that God wants something to happen. So, I was thinking about my own story, and I was remembering being in eighth grade, and I was at my blue locker at West Windsor-Plainsboro Middle School, and I was shoving my stuff up in the top section, and this kid came over and pounded on the locker next to mine. and was like, dude, yo, I want you to come to my youth group tonight. His name was Mark Joda. And I, I said, all right, you know, I wasn't planning to, but he invited me. So I went, and I had grown up in a church that was much more... Kind of you know smells and bells and robes and all of that and and it was pretty, but it 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 was a more kind of formal religious experience and and it, it wasn't where I actually discovered life in Christ and came to know Jesus. But but that night I went to that youth group and I had never seen anything like it. I mean we're walking in, it's this old building because back east everything's old, right? So it's about 150 years old and a big stone building on Nassau Street in Princeton, New Jersey. I walked in, walked up the stairs because the youth hall was upstairs and as I was walking up the stairs a couple of young adults, probably 22, I don't know, something like that, were walking up the stairs with a stack of boxes of pizza for the youth hall. I was like, I like this place already, you know? So I got up to the youth hall, and they sent out the pizzas, and we were over here just eating pizza, and I was like, this is kind of cool. This is fun, and then this team, also young adult leaders, like got up on the little platform and picked up guitars and drums and, and started playing. It was a band. I was like, oh, cool, but then what actually started taking place was that all the people that were in there started going like this. Like, Ah, and, and it freaked me out, like I had no idea, I was like that did not happen at the place where I had been going, like it just, it made me nervous, like, I, I mean they're like ah, ah. and I literally ran out of the doors, these giant, and I ran out in the hallway and I was just like oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what is going on in there, isn't it kind of funny, like me, like me, like that, that, there was a time in my story where I was freaked out by that, because I didn't really have a personal connection with Jesus. And so, you know, singing and adoration to him, I didn't really get that. But, but my, uh, my friend, uh, you know, invited me again. And, and the next week, uh, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday night, but whatever night it was, uh, there was a phone call in my kitchen at my house back when we all had house phones that would ring and I ran and grabbed the phone. And, and it was Pastor Rod. And he said, hey, I just wanted to... Uh, let you know, I hope you're going to be coming tonight. Are you going to be there for youth group tonight? And I wasn't planning to be there at youth group that night, but I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so Mark, his family picked me up and brought me back, and still felt a little nervous about the whole thing. A few weeks in a row, I kept going. And then this one week, I had this, you know this weekend where, as an eighth grader, I just got into a bunch of mess. You know, like the kind of mess that some people wait till college to get into. But I just got into a bunch of mess. And long story short, when I went to that youth group that week, Pastor Rod shared this message and talked about how a crystal has a move, eight, you know, something like eight million movements per second or whatever it was. But I remember the illustration. And he said, And if God can make a crystal that can have that many pulses in it in any given second, He has enough in His heart to love each and every one of you, you know? And as a little eighth grader, I'm like, Oh, you know? Then he said this He said, Listen, if you need the shame and the guilt wiped away from your life, if you need to know that you're right with God, If you want to receive the hope of heaven and the power of God's Holy Spirit for right here and right now, you need to give your life to Jesus. And if you would like to do that, right now, I want you to lift your hand. And it was like as though there was a magnet on the ceiling and my hand was metal. It was like, I couldn't even stop it because something inside of me, I just knew I I need Jesus. I need to feel God's love and forgiveness. I need to be right with God. And so... Afterwards, Pastor Rod said, those you know, four of you that raised your hand, I want you to come over into my office, and he sat us down, and he gave us Bibles and said, this is your new life. You're going to heaven, but you're going to live here for quite a long time, so let's learn how to do that with the Holy Spirit's power, you know, and, that, and it began for me, but I distinctly remember that place, like that youth hall, going up those stairs and The wooden paneling on the side because it's, you know, the old building and and the way those uh, big, large windows looked and the way the folding table was. And and that place became an altar in which my spirit was transformed forever and where I received the gift of salvation. And I just remember with such gladness, that physical place. And then after that, getting to go there every week. That place where those 60 or 70 students, uh, they were my people. And we could get together and lean in to who this God is, you know. And, and I'm thankful for whoever the people were that 150 years earlier had given money so that there could be a building built on Nassau Street in Princeton, New Jersey, that would one day become the Nassau Christian Center, because that those people did something that changed my life. I mean, it happened 150 years after they were gone. But even then, it continued to, to outlast the impact, the kingdom impact that kept on going. It became that place where, oh, you know, it could happen for me. And what it has led to. And, and so in All for the One, this is, this is what it's about. It's about those kind of stories happening far and wide again and again and again. And I just want to remind you what this is about. For me, it, it, it gets personal because on December 7th, Ann and I will be celebrating 15 years of being here at Centerpoint as lead pastors in this church. That's a big deal to me, you know? And, and, and so it's a kind of a, a crossroads moment in a sense where you know, you you reach a milestone like that and you begin to just think more deeply because you have an opportunity to look. And I look and I go, wow, man, over these 15 years we've seen something like 2,700 people give their lives to Jesus in our church and in this ministry. That's astounding, amazing for each one what that represents. But I'm also at this crossroads of going, okay, that's amazing, God. But what's next? What else, Lord? I'm not done yet, you know? I got a lot left in me. So what is it, God? And so God's stirring up vision and passion, and it's to see 10,000 people come to know Jesus over the next 10 years in and through this church, because that's something that we should give our hearts and lives to see happen. And that as we do that, that we would grow to be a church of five to 10,000 people in several locations in our region who are growing in depth of discipleship and loving Jesus well and growing in the power of the Holy Spirit and cultivating an atmosphere and culture of revival that will transform this region and the world. That's what I'm believing God for. I'm praying for that. I'm trusting God for that and I think it's gonna happen. But we got to consider whether we're going to be a part of that together. And that's really what All for the One is, is about, is an opportunity to do it. Now, the vision I just shared with you requires that there's unity among us, and it also requires that we deal with the space issue. And so we have a plan to expand this worship center by about 65%. And take the booklet with you. We won't be passing them out anymore, I promise. But uh, take it with you, and it gives the details of that plan. And that plan is, is, an, is a good plan, but it will cost money. And you know, to, to expand by 65%, the construction of that is in the $3 million range. And more when we count in the audio and the architecture and stuff like that. But that is a, 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 a challenge. And uh, an amount like that has the capacity to impact thousands of lives for years, maybe decades, maybe even centuries. But there's got to be a moment in time where a group of people say, we'll be the ones. We'll be the ones. We will step up, and we will rise up with generosity to see it come to pass. And So that's what we're doing in this moment, is we're recognizing the goodness of God. I want you to turn to 1 Chronicles 29, and David has heard from God. God said, David, I want there to be a temple in Jerusalem. I want a spiritual home for my people. And go ahead, you and then Solomon, make it happen. And so David has heard from God about the temple, the spiritual home, and uh, then he decides to share that vision with all of the people. He shares the vision, and then he shares about what his personal provision for that vision is going to look like, and it's astounding. So 1 Chronicles 29, in verse 3, David's speaking to all the people, and he says, and now, because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasuries of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for this holy temple. I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold. You just got to stop for a second and do the math. I mean, or at least try it, right? I mean, uh, one ton is 2,000 pounds. One pound, 16 ounces. The spot price of gold right now, $1,200 for one ounce. You do the math, it is mind-blowing. I mean, depending on how you translate the figures, it's in the billions. And David's like, right, uh uh-huh, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) It's pretty bold, King David, man. And, And so David says, I'm giving this much gold and then 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings and for other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen. Now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? David is just gangster, right? He's like, I'm in. What about you, you know? And I'm, I'm going to go a little David on you right now. I mean, I'm not going to probably do as much detail as he did, but I do want you to know this, that I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. And in fact, this is the fourth time in these 15 years that Ann and I have stepped up to say, ah, let's do this. And we want to we wanna be all in, and we are. And I would share with you that the commitment that we are making for All for the One is, by God's grace, it's the largest commitment for the work of God that we've ever made in our lives. And we're glad to do it. We're glad we get to do it. And, you know, when we, we think about what the amount is, I mean, it takes us to the faith zone because it looks like basically doubling the tithe on my salary for a couple of years. That's a big deal, you know? And it takes us to a place where we're going, God, we're trusting you. You will have to provide for us to be able to do this. And that's part of the excitement. It's part of the challenge of going, God, you're going to have to move, and we're going to get to see you move. But the reason we're doing it is because we believe that the, the, the impact that we're able to make through All for the One is worth uh, giving for, worth giving towards. So I want to keep reading. Again, David said, now then, who will follow my example and bring offerings to the Lord today? And I'm saying that to you, church. That's why I shared what I just shared. But then in verse 6, it continues, and it says, Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, and the captains of the army, and the king's administrative officers, all gave willingly for the construction of the temple of God. They gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, 3750 tons of iron, and they also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasury of the house of the Lord under the care of Jehiel, a descendant of Gershon. I want you to read verse nine out loud with me. Ready, go. The people rejoiced over the offerings, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord, and King David was filled with joy, freely and wholeheartedly, and rejoiced over it. How does that happen? I mean, these people gave so much. How does it happen that people in God's family give so much, and then they do it like they're happy about it? They're not like, oh, there goes all the money I could have had so much fun with, you know? But instead, it says they rejoiced over it, and they gave freely, wholeheartedly. You know how that happens? That happens when we have a right perspective on what's in our hands, When we recognize that what's in our hands has been given to us by God, it it becomes a little easier to then freely give. And here's the truth. Everything that we have is a gift. All has been given. Everything. I mean, you, you, you've got a, a physical body, God gave it to you. You've got breath in your lungs and, and, it, and it works, God gave it to you. You have favor with people so you can close deals, God gives you the favor. You have the mental acuity to learn that trade and, and do it well, God gave you that mental sharpness. You've got a connection and network of people through whom business comes left and right. God is the one who is reigning over all things and superintending that those things are available and part of your life. All has been Given. And so here's my message today. I give my all because all is a gift. That's it. I give my all because all is a gift. Try that phrase on for size one time. Just say it. I give my all because all is a gift. Say it. I give my all because all is a gift. This mentality, this framework allows you to freely, wholeheartedly say, Yes, God. Yes, God. God wanted a temple built in Jerusalem. I believe God wants the expansion of, of this place to happen. And He's looking for a group of people that would recognize that it's worth it. If we come to these altars in a few minutes with a commitment, it's because we've determined, not because anyone forced us to, but because we've determined, my God is worthy. And he's worthy of what I can lay down at his feet. And the fruitful work of his church matters, and it's going to be a priority to me. And I believe that the difference that we can make in the community is worth it. And more importantly, we believe that the difference and impact and kingdom impact we can make in the life of that one that God wants to love and reach through us matters. Check this out.
1: My name is Danny. This is my wife, Bethany, and this is our story. My life before Center Point and Jesus was, was chaos, destruction, uh, fueled by severe alcoholism. Every day I would drink upwards of three or more liters of liquor a day every single day and that directly impacted my relationship with with my wife and my children.
2: When Danny was drinking and all that kind of stuff he had this anger in him and a need to control. He was not open to God and very disapproving of anything going to church praying anything of that nature we would come to center point off and on in person and i would watch the live stream but it was always hard and i ended up feeling called to be baptized so i was baptized in february of this year and that's kind of when i felt god saying to me i don't want you to live this way anymore
1: so um on May 4th of this year, they, I came home to an empty house, and uh, they were they were all gone. And that's when I, I cried out to Jesus. I, I knew at that point I, uh, I needed him, and he was there with his arms wide open. I came in on a Saturday morning, the day after she left, just wandering through here. I, I didn't expect to find anybody. I ran to one of the pastors, and he led me to Pastor Reggie. Which kinda got the whole thing rolling and I had when I had nowhere else to go, I turned to center point. That's that's where I knew I could I could go. And every day leading up, I was profusely sick every day of my life from drinking so much. And from that moment on, I never got sick, never had a withdrawal, never had a craving. The only thing I can describe is being overcome by the Holy Spirit because I was instantly delivered from alcohol.
2: Thank you. We started seeing each other just little bits at a time, and even with us not speaking. I noticed a change in him. Just, I could see peace on him. I could see that that anger was just drained away. And that gave me confidence to start talking to him and start kind of rebuilding a relationship and let him start building trust back up. It's like falling in love all over again. And our relationship now I know is based on truth and not on lies.
1: You know, we were doing the Living Victorious class right now, and uh, one of the greatest things I've gotten is they make us do prayer time, and it's just the most amazing thing, praying with your wife and, and just hearing from their hearts and their prayers. It's, it's awesome. It's been a great thing and a way for us to really connect. Officially on December 1st, we'll be uh, living together again. Uh, we have a pastor who's going to bless our marriage and renounce the past. I mean, the biggest blessing is seeing the change in the kids and, and seeing them benefit from from having a godly father and, and showing them how to how to treat their wife and, and it's just been amazing. It's, it's still new, it's all new to me and it's just an amazing journey. I'm so so blessed that she, you know, extended that that love, that grace, that forgiveness, just as Jesus did, you know. So it's it's a blessing.
0: Yay God, yay God. That's it. You know what? That's it. Like, let's never get the issue muddy where we think, oh, it's just about me coming to church and getting my little spiritual feels on a couple times a month. No. It's about the impact that we together are able to have. And don't you want many more impact stories like that to be unfolding that lead to whole transformations of families? Like, that's what we're in it for, to see heaven populated and earth transformed by the power of those who have the king of heaven living on the inside. That's what we're here for. And so to David... David you know, saw the people bringing their offerings, and then uh, in, in verse 10, it says this: It says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. Read this next part out loud with me, would you? Go. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Say that one more time. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Say it again. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. At your discretion, people are made great. We think we make ourselves great. God is the one who makes us great. You better recognize it. God is the one who makes people great. Mm. Verse 13. Our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? and Who are your people? That we could give anything to you. Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. In this moment, we come forward with a commitment because we recognize that all has been given to us, and so we give our all all that God is calling us to give, we do it with a glad heart. And we're doing it because we believe that the place matters. I mean, it matters in the heart of God. It shows up in his word again and again, from the tabernacle at Shiloh, and the tabernacle throughout, and the the temple as it's built in Jerusalem, through into the New Testament, where Paul is renting a, a large gathering hall, the lecture hall of Tyrannus. I mean, on and on throughout the scriptures, the place, the synagogues. I mean, God wants there to be the gathering places for his people. And this is how it happens happens with you and I coming forward in a moment where we make a commitment And, and the biblical model is here's the vision are you in yes or no and yes or no we don't do any arm twisting it's it's not like hey if you give a certain amount we'll put your name on a plaque on the wall and if you give even more than that we'll name a whole room after you we don't do that it's just straightforward it's just here's the vision and are you moved and will you give to see it happen Because that's the Bible. That's what we see in the scripture. So that's what we do. And this is that moment where we get to make that commitment. I want to remind you of, uh, of what's going on with All for the One. With All for the One, we are doing things a little differently than we have in the past. In that this isn't a building fund over here and then tithing over here. It's one fund where we're rolling together all that God is putting on our heart to give. In our regular tithe and offering and our giving for the building. And the expansion we're doing so you kind of personally do the math on that and you do that using the commitment card if you wouldn't mind take that commitment card out maybe you came ready already it's already filled out but for some of us we came today still wondering God what are you calling me to give and you take the commitment card and first of all please do write your name on it we did receive a couple of wonderful commitments with no name on them. (laughs) that's less than helpful so write your name it's you who's making the commitment. And then you, you write in your normal annual giving for, for those two years. And for some of us, I mean, the truth is we've never really done that before. And even that alone would be such an amazing step to take, to move beyond spectator and into I'm a contributor. I want to see this house of God flourish, and I'll do my part. And even if that's for some of us, all that we do, wonderful, wonderful, That would be you owning your faith and stepping forward with some spiritual maturity. Good. Others of us, we we know that to do an expansion that costs in the millions of dollars, it means we got to bring something extra. So we have expanded giving, and we've been praying and saying, God, how much should I expand my giving, and what should I get from stored resources? And some people have sold stocks. Others have uh, forsaken purchasing the dream car and used savings for this. I mean, that's literally what's happened already in the last few weeks. And for some of us, that's, you know, that kind of thing we should do. Listen, there's a chart on the back of this card that lists a bunch of numbers. And the way that this is going to happen is that, you know, some of us, maybe you're the person, you know, the one person who's got the $500,000, if you exist and you're here, I definitely want you to come and make your commitment and, and do it today. And, and I, know, I know that it sounds like I'm joking, but I really mean it. I know that for some of us, God has, in fact, given so much to you and that there is a capacity, and, and it will take that. What we're doing with All for the One as one fund is we're, we're saying, here's the cost to do this expansion, but also here's our annual budget for these in two years, and maybe you wouldn't know, but we have a, a staff team of 68 people, and you know that's part of what happens with our regular giving. We have a, you know, a budget of three and a half million dollars each year, and you add that up, together with the cost of the building, it's a, just under 10 million dollars. And the way that happens is through God's people saying, I want the house of God to flourish, I'll do my part. And so in just a few minutes, we're gonna come up with our commitments. I also want you to know that uh, pragmatically, just practically speaking, the first weekend in December is when we will actually start giving towards the commitment we're making, and uh, that I would rec- you know consider that the first fruits offering weekend. And so, if you still need a couple of weeks to make sure to have the funds ready, you can bring it then. But if you came today already with a check and you want to bring it, you can bring it. I will never turn you down. You can do that. So, in just a few minutes, we are going to make our commitment known, and. The goal is 100% participation. I don't want any of us to think, oh, I see that chart. You need the guy with the $500,000 or the gal with the $500,000. Yeah, we do. But really, what what needs to happen way more than that is every one of us needs to say, I believe it. And I'll say like David, we adore you, God. And my adoration will take me beyond lip service. I mean, in, in this chart, I'm hoping that there will be many of us. Maybe we haven't gotten very far in our career and we're on the beginning side of it and we're young. $2,500 sounds like a lot until you really think about what it is. It's $25 a week. For some of us, that's just not doing our nails once a week. I know that hurt somebody, but for (laughs) somebody else, it's like not doing the the expensive coffee three times a week, you know? So consider that. Consider what, what it really looks like to say, God, I will do my part. And let's all do what we can, according to how God has blessed us. And 100% participation. You know, what I'm hoping for is that we will move in unity on this thing. And and so even if you already uh, gave your commitment card, I want you to, you know, fill out another commitment card and just write at the top, duplicate, you know, don't worry. We're not going to, you know, double what you thought you you committed to. But for some of you, you know, you did already make a commitment and you gave it to me at a vision night or handed it in already but maybe God's prompting you to change it, then change it and and mark that and bring that commitment forward and make it known that you are part of the all. And if 100% of us would walk forward together and and be committed to this vision that God's given us as a church family, I think there's no stopping what the Lord will do through us. Yeah, so I, I read about this guy named Hugh Smith, who was a biologist, a researcher, and he was doing some research down in Indonesia in uh, 1935. And he was on a river, going up the river in a little boat, and there was a, a, a grove of mangrove trees over there, about 400 feet worth of mangrove trees. And he was just looking across, and then he saw that it, it looked like that whole grove of mangroves was electrified. It suddenly started sparkling, flashing like as though it had got hit by lightning or something. And then after about 3 seconds, it went away. He was dumbfounded. What is it? And then 3 seconds later, boom, it was on again. Like that it was like the mangroves were on fire or something. And uh, and then it went out again. He was wondering, "What in the world is this?" And what's this phenomenon? the Miracle in the mangroves." And so he wrote, put his boat a little over closer and he found it was fireflies, lightning bugs. And he couldn't believe it because he knew what most of us know, which is lightning bugs usually light up like one over here, and then another one over there, and another one over there. And he saw literally hundreds of thousands of lightning bugs, fireflies, lighting up in synchronized lighting all at the same time. And he went home to the States. He wrote about it in a scientific journal. And nobody believed him. All of the scientists scoffed at him and said, "Ha no, that doesn't happen. That's not what fireflies do. And, and so he went down in infamy. They thought he was a flake. But eight years later, researchers at MIT did research on this miracle in the mangroves thing. And what they found was that it was legit. It actually happens. And it's a phenomenon where these fireflies lit up in a synchronized fashion. And it changed the outcome. So here's what the researchers at MIT found. They said when one firefly lights up its light individually, like we mostly see them do, the reason they're doing that is to attract a mate. They're trying to uh, become fruitful and multiply, right? And so they light their light, right? And when they light individually, they have a 3% reproduction rate per bug. You didn't know what you were going to learn today, but that's something that (laughs) you might use (laughs) or not. But the MIT researchers also found that those fireflies, those lightning bugs that synchronized their lighting, 100% participation all altogether, they had an 82% reproduction rate. I don't want to get too much into the details of the allegory because it would be weird. But I think you can see what I'm saying, that when there's 100% participation, it dramatically increases the impact of what's possible. Those individual fireflies, their light can be seen 500 feet away. But the lightning bugs that synchronized their lighting with 100% participation altogether, their light was seen five miles away. The light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And what I'm asking for is for us to synchronize our lighting today, and to 100% of us to come together with a commitment that would bless the heart of God, that would make a vision possible that wouldn't be otherwise. And so in just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to come forward with your commitment card. So make sure you have your card out. And the way we're going to do this is a little different than, than, uh, than we might imagine. Usually when these tables are set up, it's for communion. And the ushers dismiss you row by row. But instead, I don't want to make it so forced like that. I want you to be free to get up at will when you're ready and bring your commitment forward. So the worship team will uh, lead us in a song or two and whenever you're ready during the song i want you to come and even if you've already sent in your card still come forward again with another card just to consecrate what you are committing to the lord and let's let this be a holy moment so would you pray with me let's pray together god i thank you for an opportunity to to synchronize our lighting and to 100% of the, of us to To light all together and to shine as brightly as possible for the greatest impact. And God, I pray that these commitments that we're making in this moment would be marked by heaven. And Lord, as we're making a commitment, for a lot of us, we're also expressing our dependence on you. Because to make good on these commitments will require, God, your provision. And so we're trusting you for that. We believe you to be faithful in provision for us. In Jesus' name, we consecrate these commitments. Amen. So whenever you're ready, at will, during this song, just come on forward and consecrate your offering to the Lord.
3: In the crushing, the pressing you are making new wine in the soil. I now surrender. You are breaking new ground, so I yield to you and to your care for. When I trust you, I don't need to understand, so make me a vessel, make me an offering. Bring new wine out of me. Jesus bring new wine out of me. Jesus bring new wine out of me. Cause where there is new wine there is new power, there is new freedom. i to carry your new fire.
0: Heavenly Father, we consecrate to you these commitments that we're making right now. God, we believe that you're going to bring fruit that will outlast us, even through what we're laying down at your feet. And God, we thank you that you will bring new fire through what's being laid down, and we ask for it. Bring new fire into our own lives new fire into this church, new fire into this region, the fire of your spirit burning brightly in us and through us, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Listen, while we're praying, if you're here today and you would say, I don't even know what this is all about. I just know I need Jesus. I need to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. Right now, if you would say, that's just me. I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. Right where you're sitting, I want you to raise your hand. Just right now, just raise it high. It's just honestly where you are. You just know you need Jesus. In the back, thank you. Who else? Right over here, thank you. Right over here, excellent. Yes. Those of you who have just right over here, yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord. You just take a moment right where you're sitting and you pray. You talk to God for a minute and you just speak it out and you just say, Jesus, I believe in you and I give you my life. Say it with me, Jesus, I believe in you and I give you my life. I trust you to forgive me and save me. I repent of my sin, just say that to him. I repent of my sin and I turn to you, Jesus. Would you give me new life, new life? I believe that you are alive. Just say that to him. Jesus, I believe you're alive. So come into my life and save me. Thank you for this gift of salvation. I receive it now. You just say it. I receive your gift of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you all stand up together? Listen, before we go, our team wrote a song. They kind of put an exclamation point on this series. And I want to... Uh, us to learn it together and just sing it out together before we leave let's honor jesus the one who just chases after us because we are that one come on let's worship together